god you get I know. to step on the same stage i know people go crazy for that it's That's pretty exciting. exciting um and the coolest credit about my guest is that she is engaged to Ooh. someone that used to drive me to school every morning he did yeah tell me that part yeah he oh lived down god. the street for me so we are gonna dive deep into jersey things yeah Guys. i need like the recon on this man i'm marrying exactly. i need all the dirt oh you're gonna get it my wonderful guest heather pasternak hello everyone. thank you for having me and yeah. giving me meatballs i know i'm an angel the way to my heart I, right i feel like i needed to give you like that's my engagement present for you guys. i love it <laughs> it's so on brand for me yeah <laughs> right yeah. um how are you doing what's going on with your week you know i hated wedding planning at first and then i finally got to a point with it where we are able to enjoy it and we've like learned how to problem solve and like be productive when we disagree and i almost got to a point where like i think i'm gonna miss it when i'm not wedding planning anymore because it's like you're getting to plan a big fun production that your parents are paying for in our case anyway. Yes. And it's a lot of fun. Like once you get past the wanting to kill each other part. Why do you why does it make you want to kill each other? Well, I think there's I, I don't know, like I guess what some of our issues it just it prepares you for marriage because you're forced to compromise when you have two different ideas of how to do something. Mm. And also there's a lot of gender stereotype stuff that goes into it. Like I feel like he was pissing me off when he would be like, at least I'm involved. Like, it's like, oh, you want a trophy for being involved in your own wedding? You know, it's 2019. Right. But at the same time, I think a lot of guys don't get involved. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also um, his parents are more invested. My parents were like, here's money. If you guys want to elope and pay off your credit cards, do that instead. Like they really don't care. It's not a thing. But for his parents, I think they're a little more into the traditional ceremonious stuff of it and so I think that he's feeling like he's hearing it from me and he's hearing it from his mom and like I'm excited so I would talk about it all day and all night and he'd be like I'm afraid when we get married we won't have anything to talk about like can you can we like limit when we're talking about it and then I'd be like why aren't you as excited as I am like you know and it was just a whirlwind of craziness. I uh, feel like he's yeah. got a lot of pressure coming from both angles. He does. But I think everybody at the end of the day, like, just wants to have a good time. But it is yeah. interesting how weddings, it's basically like you've already got this bond between you. And then weddings are like the performative thing you do for your family and your friends. So as much as it's about you, it's also about, like, making it a party your grandma wants to go to. And so there's a lot of, like things to do but it's fun and then work stuff I'm feeling good I'm feeling inspired which Mm -hmm. I can very easily get overwhelmed so whenever I'm in like inspired land I'm like oh I hope I get to stay here (laughs) you just manifest all of that yeah so I'm just trying to stay in that because like having a lot of possibilities can be daunting Mm mm-hmm what do you do to like actually sit down and focus because I find it so hard to force myself to sit down in my apartment and yes. do all the work like I have well to leave. so I'm I'm in therapy because it's cool and my insurance covers it and oh <laughs> not totally baller. but like some of it so I'm just like why not invest in myself but one of the things that they do at the place I go to is a personality test mm-hmm. and I found out I'm like a harmonizer which means my environment is important to me. So one of the things I do is before I start working, I spend 10 minutes like cleaning up or like getting myself flowers for the office or like lighting a candle and just acknowledging that making the space a space I want to be in will make me want to work. I love that. Um, I also have this book that's called like 101 essays that'll change the way you think. And every time I feel stuck, I just sit down and read one and I get inspired um, oh my gosh, I need that book. What else do I do? Oh, I'll try to do the thing I want to do least first. That's eating your frog. Yes. Mm-hmm. I try to eat a lot of frogs because I find that most of my resistance is in anticipating something. And then when I actually do it, it's never as bad as I thought. And then other times what I do is just wallow and don't be productive and let myself like suck for a little bit but but that's okay yeah it's important to like know when you're doing that I feel like it's when you aren't consciously doing it when it's not a choice like okay I'm gonna not be productive right now when it feels like you're just crippled yeah it's not good but I think it is important to have times where you're like I'm gonna allow myself to be a couch potato right now I feel like you've turned into a therapist yourself like this I know (laughs) should I just do that well actually I think that acting and performing is not that far from therapy because you have to be able to like get in the mentality of like a villain or like you know you have to be really 
kind of aware of that. Mm -hmm. And I I think a lot of my stand-up is about relationships and how we treat each other and how we feel, which is all... It's all the same. I'm just obsessed with how can I feel better. So <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's great that you're like acknowledging that and putting it out there because so many people like wasp it away and just are like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. I know. I'm that person who's like at a party and be like, tell me about your dad's death. And everyone's like, why'd you invite her? But at the same time, it's like, I don't want to talk about the weather. Like, no. I want to talk about real shit, especially because we live in L.A. and the weather is always the same. Yeah. It's like, what is there to even say about the weather? It's nothing. I'm bored. Global warming is real. Yeah. Is that all we can say? Because it's fucking October and it's 80 degrees. It's so hot. I, I forced myself to just wear sweaters. I see you in your sweater. I know. Are I'm, you going to play tennis? She's I'm, wearing like a really cute, like light pink, like with the Adidas stripes down the side. It's comfy. Adidas should be sponsoring you. I, I agree. Adidas, listen up. Um, listen up, yeah, bro. But I'm like sweating, so it's fine. <laughs> did you just get back from officiating a wedding? I did. Oh my God. Tell us everything. Okay. How did that happen? So... It was my first time ever doing it. So my friend's fiance at the time actually asked me. And it was funny because I could see the fear in her eyes when he asked me, even though I'm like closer to her. But it was like he just had a sense that I would be right for it. Um, And he's always been really supportive of my stand up and stuff. Um, But the scariest thing about it was I'm good at being funny. And I was like, how am I going to be comfortable being heartfelt? Yeah. Not making it about making fun of myself, but making it about other people's love. And also like a little bit funny because that's why they asked me to do it. Yeah. Um, it was a big responsibility. And I definitely like had the shits like like every just like up until I was at the podium and I was making changes to the speech. Um, but it went over really, really well. And I felt really good about it. Like, I felt like that was the coolest gift I could give them is just because you when you're officiating, you really set a tone for the wedding. And it's like, oh, not yeah. everybody knows the couple that well. So you want them to feel like they understand and support their love after, you know, and my favorite weddings have been ones where people tell like personal stories. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not just like when someone gives a list of like, you're compassionate and adventurous and passionate. <sighs> I'm just like, I'm snoring. Yeah. Like, I want to hear about like for their wedding. It was there was a funny thing where he, when he met her one of the early on before they were dating he met her and she was on a date with someone else and he walked up to her and he was like what are you doing with this guy and I just love that because like that's who he is he knows what he wants he saw what he wanted and he wants what he has and like I want to be able to have like a story that points that out that Mm -hmm. people are like oh I get it yeah um, so I think it went well overall, even though I was scared. But, you know, it felt good to be new at something again. Like I've been doing stand up for so long and How I long forgot have you been doing it like seven years, okay. six or seven. I forgot what it felt like to be like, oh, shit, it's my first time. Am I going to suck at this? It's like actually fun to be scared again. It's fun now, now that it went well. At the time, it wasn't fun. I was like, I hate being new at things. I want to already be good at this. <laughs> well, I, if you were like shitting your pants a lot, at least you probably felt very skinny. Yes, I did. And I talked to all their family and friends, which was like, I put in the time. And I talked to my friends who had officiated before. Mm-hmm. And I talked to my comedy teacher who I work really close with, Jerry Katzman. Um he teaches a class in Santa Monica, but he also does private coaching and he does magic and he does corporate events. So he's good for like if you just have a speech of some kind and you want it to be humorous. And he was surprisingly good at like helping me pull out the heart, you know? Yeah. No. Yeah. Jerry Katzman, guys, if you're in L.A., use him. He's great. And and his classes are limited. It's hard to get in there. But yeah, he's fantastic. Um, Did and it- I've been working along with him where he'll let me come in and punch up some of the newer kids now. Oh, that's So that's awesome. fun. I call them kids. They're like all adults having midlife crises. But you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. The new kids. They love it. We're They're all really adults on. having midlife crises. I, I'm doing a whole bit about how I think my boyfriend is having a midlife crisis. Because oh, really? How old to- is he? He's 41. So you, okay, okay. Yeah, but he, he went to like a yoga retreat thing in Palm Springs <gasps> recently. And I basically have been trying to compare like a midlife crisis when you're from Jersey, in New Jersey to a midlife crisis in LA. What are the differences? They're very different. Really? Yes. <laughs> like in New Jersey, it's like you go and you blow all your money at uh-huh. the Borgata and you buy a car you can't afford. Oh, I see. And, you know, like. In you, LA, it's like you go on a yoga retreat. Like, think about feelings and become vegan and like. Find your Burning Man name. Exactly. So. Well, I hope you're excited for Burning Man. <laughs> nope. Solid no. How um, long have you been doing stand-up? Uh, probably around the same time as you. Oh, my God. I think it's seven years now. I wow. Started, well, no. I started in 2012, but then I took a little break. Uh-huh. 
you know, where I kind of like had your own midlife crisis a little bit, like where I went to a destination wedding, came back and just didn't do stand. I thought you were going to say and didn't leave. (laughs) I just (laughs) fell in love with a man in Jamaica and was like, am I actually a barista at heart? Oh my God. No, it was Naples, Florida. So it would have been like geriatric jersey girl gone florida right it's just that's like, not that unbelievable i know like it's fast forwarding my life like what was I it about that wedding there. or that time in your life that made you take a break i don't know it was weird it wasn't was, conscious no i was just doing a lot of like parodies and like i was just focusing more on like sketch and stuff like uh-huh. that and then i did actor salon i don't know if you've heard of that i think i have heard of that i did that like nine months maybe after quitting and I you have to like write a goals list and one was to like go to an open mic again and then oh, wow. it just like from there on I just didn't stop interesting yeah it was cool yeah do you think officiating the wedding like is there anything that you were like oh I definitely want this at my wedding I don't want this like did it help you at all um we had already asked my friend's dad to officiate our wedding because my friend's dad like is kind of like my second dad and he's Israeli and we were like that's about as Jewish as we are like not to have like a real rabbi but just have someone who sounds very Jewish and I have confidence in what he'll do um, it was interesting feeling like, oh, I get why people like what stood out to me was I don't understand how people officiate when they don't actually personally know the couple. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I mean, I would love to everything I do because, right, it's like the freelance lifestyle. I'm like, how can I do this now for a living? But I think it would be a different kind of challenge. I think you have to spend time with a couple and have like the right kind of questions to really get a sense of who people are before you do it. Yeah. Um. I think my hope is just to make it feel fun. And I think that the wedding felt very loving and they did their own thing, like what they wanted, which was like a desert dance party in Joshua Tree. And it wasn't like very traditional. Like they had like a cannabis quarter and like someone was walking around with micro doses of mushrooms and like also their grandparents were there. Like it was very much just whatever they wanted. And um, I think the sentiment was really felt throughout. And it's always been interesting to me that it's never the most expensive weddings that feel the most loving. I mean, sometimes they are. But the point is, like, it doesn't really matter how fancy it is or if you get it right. Like, it was just sort of a reminder of, you know, if you do things how you want them and you make it a good time for you. Like, if you're having fun, other people will have fun. And yeah, yeah, I think it was just a good reminder of valuing joy and doing whatever the fuck you want. Oh my God, guys, that's exactly what we should be doing in life. Um, how do we do it? It sounds really easy when I say it, but like, how do I apply it to my life? Um, where, so you guys are getting married soon. We are. Where are you getting married? We're getting married at a venue in Koreatown called the Carondelet House. It's really pretty. And I found a hack on wedding blogs of like how to save money is one way is to get married on a Sunday. So we picked a Sunday uh, right before a holiday Monday. Oh, nice. So it'll kind of like feel like a Saturday, but it'll give our New Yorkers some time, like a longer weekend. And also we wanted to do February just to give the New Yorkers like a time when they'd want to get out of New York. Oh, look at you. Yeah, but we do or we after we booked it we were like, "Oh shit, did we just ruin everyone's Valentine's Day and make it about us?" Are you doing it on Valentine's <laughs> it's Day? It's on the 16th, which That's is great. like pretty close. It's I think that actually takes a lot of pressure off. Oh good. For guys, it's like, "Well, we're going to the wedding, like we're done, like right. that's it." And maybe they'll get in town early and have like a fun night out in Los Angeles. Yeah. I hope. I don't know. Oh, that'll be amazing. You can't please everyone is the main thing I'm learning about weddings. It has helped me become less of a people pleaser cuz I am such a like people pleaser, but oh it's my like gosh. You can't please 150 people at once. You're I, just going to have to do what you want. I think that's exactly what you should do in all aspects of life, which I know I, so I could hard. use more of that. Are I'm, you a people pleaser yes, too? Yes. And I've fought very hard to like stop even just saying no to so many things now. Ugh, doesn't it feel good to say no? It does. Like when I fantasize about being really successful, so much of the fantasy is just all the things I could say no to. Thank you for saying yes to this. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yes. No, well, I'd always want to hang with you. Oh, God. We need to hang out more. Literally, I think We need to go on a double date. I would love that. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Wait, Look- can you tell me about, like, who my fiance was in high school? Because I feel like that's when we are our worst, truest selves. No, he was amazing. And that's really? why I think I saw you. The last time Heather and I saw each other was at the Venice Vandal show probably a year oh, ago. Oh, yes. And I, I love Venice Vandals. It's so good. It's so fun. Really and great underground. Yeah, show. you guys should check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Is it still I haven't done it in a while. Is it still in that outdoor? I think it place? is. Okay. Um 
And the second I saw that you and Dan were actually dating, I knew you guys were going to get married. Really? Like, you just seemed like a perfect match for each other. Aww. He was always such a gentleman. He was my brother's like best friend in high That's school. That's really cute. Yeah. I mean, the worst thing they would ever do probably was they would set up in our basement. We had this like kind of it was for our dog okay i think they would set up like wrestling rings oh my god like a huge like kate i think they would do that but like they never got in trouble like they were always just that's really cute awesome and he was he's younger than me but yeah he i think he was an oliver i'm uh-huh. not sure this is like yes, groundbreaking in musicals info and- for you guys to listen to <laughs> um but i never knew he like wanted to act or anything and then he got cast on a bunch of stuff and yeah. he was phenomenal and didn't he go to nyu also? yeah and what's weird because we didn't meet when we were at nyu but we had a lot of mutual friends and a lot of stuff about our relationship has felt very kismet like we um had all these mutual friends, never met. And then we finally got together in L.A. on one of our first dates. We were talking and I was like, oh, Jen, we were talking about this girl. And I was like, oh, yeah, Genevieve, all the people we know in common. I was like, oh, funny thing about her is I got my cats from her backyard. And he was like, I got my cat from her backyard. So we have cats that are siblings from the same litter that we adopted nine years before meeting. Oh, my God. And so when we finally moved in together, we're like, we're getting the family back together. <laughs> of course, the cats fucking hate each other because they're real sisters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's understandable. I That's good that you're both cat people. But I'm so glad to hear that he was nice because, you know, it's funny. Before I had dated him, you meet a lot of people who are not who you think they are. And like one of the guys I had dated right before him, it was one of those things where I really thought I knew who he was. And then I was like, oh, shit, who are you? And um, weirdly, Dan had worked at a restaurant with my writing partner, Kaylee, whose wedding I officiated, Kaylee Stolick. And when I told her who I was dating, she's like, oh, my God, I worked with him in New York at B-Bar like 10 years ago. And she was like, and I can honestly say he is like the same guy that he was. Mm -hmm. And that was just so comforting to me to go like, oh, nice. Like what I'm seeing is what I'm getting. And there's not going to be like two years from now who he really is. Like mask. Yeah, exactly. I had some. (laughs) Some people vouching for his character and like, and the consistency of that. Great family, great driver. I know his family is amazing. (laughs) Yeah, you're very lucky. His mom is so fun. No, they're all fun. I and that's important. I feel like it's really scary if you actually marry into a family that like you don't get along. I know people. It's not everything, but it is a lot. That's like your baby's grandma or like you know. I was so flattered when I met his mom because you know they say that guys like marry their moms and his mom is like such a beam of light I was like oh my god he thinks I'm like her like she's the kind of person who when she's in a good mood skips a little when she walks oh wow isn't yeah. that cute that's adorable it's crazy I feel like you do that or it looks like you do that because my hair, hair is so just bouncy, bouncy. yeah it's great um well do you like your boyfriend's mom yes I do you're like I have to say that she's <laughs> no. she's listening <laughs> no she's awesome because she's funny Oh, nice. And I like people that can kind of like give it to you a little bit. Oh, yeah. Like, totally. He gets his like sense of humor from her. Like, I could totally see it. And I like that because I feel like it kind of toughens you up. And right. like, in bad situations, like, they can make a joke about it. Right. And so I respect that so much. And yeah. she's just also stunning and has Aww. had five kids and like is just. Dang. I know, right? Go, girl. I'm just going to keep saying go, girl. (laughs) Just keep saying go, girl. (laughs) Uh, Before we get into all things you, I like to just ask a few questions that are kind of like Jersey Italian-ish. Finally. Right? I mean, I know that's why you wanted to come here. Yes. Okay. Do you pronounce it mozzarella or mozzarella? Mozzarella. Okay. That's that's not it. It's not a Jersey thing. Can you say mootsy for me? Mootsy pootsy. (laughs) Hey, yo, where's my mozzarella? Is that, that no? Did I do it? That That's great. my impression of my fiance who grew up in Princeton, Jersey. <laughs> I know, Princeton. But like, he was your brother's friend and your brother's younger. Yeah. So he like never tried to put the moves on you because he was like, oh my God, she's two years older. She's a woman. I- <laughs> <laughs> Probably, right? He probably just thought I was annoying. I bet they like totally went through your bras and stuff when you were out. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's cute. It's adorable. But like if he did it now, it'd be like rude. (laughs) And now I'd be like, go for it. (laughs) Someone needs to organize them. (laughs) He's like, I'm just Marie Kondoing these. Uh, Don't mind me. Are you like a Marie Kondo fan? Oh my God. Yes. I mean, I I am, but like I haven't done anything that you haven't tell me to do. I did some of the things, but I feel like I already need to do them again. Really? But I like 
organizing. I can't ever tell if I'm anxious or productive. Like I get weird bursts of energy. It was like midnight last night and I was like, should I clean the bathroom? And it's like, no, go to sleep. Yeah. But also now I'm up today and I'm like, kind of wish I already cleaned the bathroom. I know. (laughs) No. Well, that's okay. You can do that when you go home. Perfect. How, so how many years were you in Jersey before you moved to LA? Oh God. I'm, well, I moved to LA 11 years ago. Okay. So yeah, no, I was there for a while. That's fun. Yeah. Most of what I know about Jersey is just from watching Michelle Visage on RuPaul. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Right? What, what are your... What lots are your... of leopard. Uh, lots of, yeah. Lots of tan. Yes. Big hair. Mm-hmm. Eyeliner, yeah, lashes for days. But where Dan and I, your fiance, grew up, it wasn't like that, right? And did your parents also commute into the city for work? Because his dad was a commuter. No. What no. do your parents do? My dad. <laughs> my dad is the president. In the mafia. Uh, <laughs> and my dad, we don't talk about it. Uh, no, he's the uh. president and CEO of an Italian cheese company. He's also the president of the Cheese Importers Association, which is wow. crazy because there's all these like tariffs being put on cheese. And- oh my god, this is the cutest thing I've ever heard. I also just love how proud you looked when you were like, "He's the president and CEO of cheese." Yep, like that was it. very cute. Yep. So is he just all stressed out about everyone's dairy allergy it's, and cashew cheese is like ruining his world? Like what's going everything. on? Just like Donald Trump trying to put like a kibosh on things being brought in. It's wow. like a whole thing. Yeah. Wow. Our like important cheese rights. We should, we'll be protesting for cheese rights soon. Uh, we are. It's it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and yeah. So no, he didn't commute into the city. My mom worked around our area. Um, I want to know, do you call it sauce or gravy? Um. Well, I call it gravy when it's gravy, like on a turkey. That's good. Or like, hey, dude, it's all gravy. (laughs) See, oh, no. Right? I I wouldn't say like, hey, dude, it's all sauce. That would be kind of weird. That could be something new that we start. What should it be when you're like, it's all sauce? I guess it kind of feels like it means the same thing. Yeah, it's all great. It's all sauce. It's like it's all comes out in the wash, kind of. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to start. It's all sauce. sauce. Can that be the title of this episode? It's all sauce. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's all sauce with Heather Pasternak. I do say saucy when I mean like sassy. Yeah, I like that better. I think sassy is way overused. It's overused and it doesn't sound as fun. No, it doesn't. I think it says in my podcast notes that I'm like a sassy Jersey girl. Really? Change it to saucy. It's a saucy Jersey girl. Perfect. I feel like every woman in Jersey has been to beauty school or are you just like born knowing how to like... Crimp and everything. It's really funny you say that. I basically grew up in a salon because my mom was like a coordinator of a whole salon. See, I had a feeling when you said your mom worked in Jersey that she was either a stripper or an esthetician. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) You're like, she's both. (laughs) You know, she's just multi-talented. Okay, do you call it the beach or the shore? The beach. Beach. Well, you're from LA. You I know I am. Yeah, that's the thing. It's the beach. This Have... should, this feels like a BuzzFeed quiz where it's just like, <laughs> are you from Jersey? And also, why don't you already know that? <laughs> I'm trying to help you, Heather. Okay. You're marrying into a Jersey I family. Know. I'm going to say to him, let's go to the shore. <laughs> I do feel like he is a city kid at heart because he grew up in New York too. And he never wants to go to the beach or even when we're on yeah. vacation, I'm like, should we go on a hike? And he's like, how about we go on a drive through the hike? I'm like... <laughs> Oh, okay. You're like, that's not the same. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm more of a city person, though. Like, I would much rather go into New York City than, like, go to the Jersey Shore. Really? Yeah. There's, like, one pizza place I feel like we still go to Jersey for. We go visit that's in Princeton. You um, know the one? Probably Al John's. Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah, it's probably Al John's. Is mm-hmm. it, like, a big kind of cafeteria Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's yep. the one. That's it. It was right by our high school. Oh, my God. So you've been there? I've been there. Oh, my God. We went to visit a friend he grew up with who has a baby, and we took her there, and we just, like, gorged ourselves on pizza. It's amazing. It was so good. There's, like, nothing like it. And it was so suburban, and he was actually laughing about how he said when he was a kid, he was kind of felt like, oh, I can't wait to get out of this shit town. And then, like, now as an adult going back, he's like, I lived in a really nice place. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. It was, like, so waspy. Like, I think I The yard? His backyard was, like, a forest. Right? We had had a forest in our front yard. Like, there was just... Gorgeous. It was amazing. It was so cool and also great for like hiding like beer. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, we were the worst. We did have a lot of great house parties. Um, in so were you school. and your brother close? 
Like you were on the same team or was it like, get away from me, brat? No, he like wasn't there. He left our high school after oh. his freshman year. He went and played soccer like professionally. Oh, wow. And, like went to a like professional school in Florida and then was wow. on like the U.S. Olympic team. What so does he do now? Still soccer? He was a soccer coach and now he's like just doing a bunch of soccer things. He's doing wow. a lot of soccer things. Yeah. I always feel like it must be tough to be uh, good at something that has to do with your body like that because it's like you de- deteriorate and peak yeah. so high and then you have to like become an announcer or something like that's one of the reasons I like being a comic versus an actress I feel Ugh. like comics are allowed to like get fat and old and it just makes us funnier I feel like we're not now though with we're like not? all the female comics that are like I feel like there's a whole new crop of just super hot young yeah like and but there's still the other category still exists which is nice I feel like we can be hot young comics until we're like funny character comics <laughs> But it's not like, you know I, what I mean? I hope I'm like, like aging into exists. the funny character. I hope it's just a seamless transition. Like you just plop from out of one pool into the other and you don't have like those awkward years in between. Like I feel like commercially, when I audition for commercials, I'm at a weird phase right now where I'm not old enough for mom yet, but yeah. I'm not young enough for like ingenue anymore or something. No. You're like in purgatory. Yeah, I'm just like waiting for some frown lines to come in so I can work again. Know. <laughs> Heather's really hot, guys. I'm not going to lie. We are taking pictures come on. right before the podcast. And she had abs. You I brought my abs. two abs. I you brought did. them. I wear the high-waisted jeans that cover the low part of my belly where I don't have abs. Right. And then I just show the two top abs that are really just ribs. Oh, no, they're, they're there. It's like a lazy woman's contouring. It's <laughs> so annoying, though. I hear like the low rise, like Britney Spears jean is coming back in style. Oh, no. I know, right? What do we do? We're going to have to, I don't know. Crunches? Yeah. What's that? <laughs> do you work out? Um, I do yoga and Pilates like once or twice a week and a hike. So I work out like once every two to three days, but okay. I'm also on an elimination diet at the moment trying to get my gut health right. And so I'm losing more weight than I actually want to. Like it's like my arms are finally as skinny as I want them, but I like miss my fat ass. So it's a balance. I love a fat ass. I love a fat ass. I, it. I know. No. And I try because I kind of. I just have a white girl booty and it's okay. always going to be square. Sometimes it gets a little like it's tough. It's hard. Yeah. But I'll never have that like bounce See, back. I can get a fat ass, but it's like the fat goes all over. It can't just like go in my butt where I want it. But yeah. I think if I did more booty exercises, but they're like the bane of my existence. So you would hate the class I teach. I it's mean, like I would hate it booty. and I would feel good after like all workouts, right? Well, that's uh, today I went. So I had a show last night and I ended up like staying after because there was there was a lot of comics there I hadn't seen in a while and we we're oh, like fun. drinking yeah. wine and then I came home and Coyote Ugly was on so I had to drink more wine. You had to. I had to watch it. Right. Like I had to. Um, and then I just like, not a monster, right? I'm come on. <laughs> there's someone named Jersey in the movie. Duh. Yeah. You have to. Um, it's such a classic. Totally. I mean, can't fight the moonlight. That's oh my song. God. All the feels. You might need to lay that over this episode. I know. <laughs> Cause it's like not cool to mention it and then not, not. let people enjoy it. Yeah. It's what, like, what minute are we at? I'll yeah. put it in there for you put guys. Put it in there. there. Just a little blurb. Yeah. Just enough. So we don't get in trouble with copyright. Exactly. <laughs> That would suck. Right? Um, speaking of movies, I saw The Joker over the weekend. Oh, shit. I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it yet? Should I go? Dan's actually seeing it without me as we speak. Oh, my God. But it was really cute. He called and asked if it was okay because in the oh past I've been like, how dare you? He does love you. I know. But it's also <laughs> nice when someone like used to do something that upset you and then they're like doing something differently mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you feel like the asshole. I feel suddenly feel so controlling. I'm like, you don't have to call me before you go. But at the same time, got so pissed when he did. <laughs> Exactly. I felt so guilty because I watched Jersey Shore the other day without my boyfriend. You guys watch Jersey Shore together? It's that's like your jam. It's our jam. Oh, yeah. that's uh-huh. cute. Where's he from? He's from Jersey. Oh, too. nice. Yeah. So does your whole family love him? And they're like, you they got do. yourself a nice hometown boy. Yeah, they're very excited about it. That's it's cute. It's a whole thing. It makes holidays easy. Yeah. Speaking oh, that is of nice. holidays, I want your opinion on couples costumes. Guys, Halloween's coming up. It's a Have to have a couples costume. What are you doing? If you don't have one, are you even in love? Are you? Is the way I feel. Um, Last year... He was the wolf and I was Little Red Riding Hood. And I just don't know if we can beat it. Like, what are we going to do? It's really tough. You're right. I need to start thinking about it. I, I hadn't thinking. even started thinking about it. No, it's it's coming up. Mine, mm. I, last year, I, we did something where he was like the shining star in the costume. And 
I don't think we can top it either. What'd you do? We did. And it was right when A Star is Born came out. And so we were Lady Gaga and Bradley <gasps> Cooper. And he was Lady Gaga? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> That's what we should do this year. That's what you should do. Yeah. We'll just, just do switch it up. Play. Yeah, there you yeah. go. You've got the costumes already. Yeah. I feel like I could pull off a Bradley. I like it. Right? Yeah. It's, that's perfect. I love it. It's done. All right. We did it. What are we going to do? I know. It's really tough to like be invent. I feel like everything's been done already. I feel like we could be RuPaul and Michelle Visage. There you go. But Dan would have to be Michelle. Why? Because he's from Jersey. Oh, perfect. Duh. <laughs> and I'd have to be Rue because, duh, I'm black. <laughs> duh. <laughs> and sassy. Saucy. I'm saucy. You're saucy. Fuck. Also, um, I have a big peen. So, so it just seems that. like the obvious choice. Duh. Um, so it is Halloween season, and I feel like it's basic season. I love the fall. It's all of that. And we met, actually, I think auditioning for basic news. Oh, is that where we met? I think that's where we met. Yeah, I want to start That was one of the worst auditions oh my God. of my life. It was one of these auditions where they kept everyone for eight hours, and it was like a gauntlet. It was like, actually, that's not the right word, but it was like one by one. People were like, you can leave now. You can leave. It felt like The Bachelorette. Yeah. And like you wanted to be there till the end. But I think I made it to like being one of the last like four. They hadn't even seen me in like five hours. And then by the time you get kicked off, you're like, well, shit, I wish I left in hour one because I didn't even get paid for this. And also, by the way, I don't think that show even went. It did not get made. They made it, but it didn't do anything. I was supposed to be like all grateful that like we were called in and we're in the mix. I'm like so grateful for the opportunity to be based I think it came down to you, me, Justine and Gabby. And then you left and then I left. Oh, they were Justine and Gabby, though. That's a great. It's a great combo. Yes. They're past guests on What's Your Jersey. You guys can go back and listen to um, their episode. As we're talking, I'm noticing A Star is Born on your bookshelf. And it's like, are we in a tiny Lady Gaga shrine? Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's happening. Wow, wow, wow. You'll figure that out guys, later. Guys, she has a pyramid of go-girls with A Star is Born just <laughs> at the top. It's really intense. At least you guys know I'm not lying about the things I like. <laughs> it's true. This is authentic. Do you have anything you're obsessed with that's like pop culture or just like you know, kind of random? I'm a cat lady for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, someone accused me actually recently of not being a fan of things as much. Like I just don't get that fanatic about stuff, but I enjoy things and people and art. I mean, I don't know that I have like, I'm not like I collect frogs, you know? <laughs> Although one thing I've been really obsessed with lately is propagating cacti where you like cut off an arm of a cacti and repot it. Wait, My friend taught me that? how to do this and it's like so much cheaper than buying a cacti, but you have to take certain measures so you don't get pricked wait so like what do you do so basically there's all kinds of places all over southern california that are public property like you would never take a cacti from someone's like front yard where it looks like oh this is like a model cacti but there are places where they're like overgrown in the alleys and stuff and so you cut them like at the base of wherever that kind of cactus arm is then you let them dry out for a couple days and then you like repot them in cactus soil And then they grow and it's like you have like a fancy cacti. You just have to buy like the pots and the dirt. I don't know. I find it very zen. Like one of my New Year's resolutions this year was to find a hobby that wasn't entertainment related because when you work in entertainment, it's so easy to make everything feel like a job. Even like seeing the Joker, I'm like working out the outline of the movie as I'm watching. Like I'm not, you know, or like watching comedy or like watching a show. Like it just feels like work a little bit. Yeah. So the gardening thing has been really fun. It makes me feel like I'm early retiring. That's okay. <laughs> but also, it's very devastating when, like, one of your plants dies. Do you name your plants? I should. We started naming them a little bit, but I can't ever remember what their names are. We just call them things we call the cat. We're like, that's Coochach, and that's Scooch. <laughs> Scooch! That's what my dad calls me. Scooch! Scooch. <laughs> that's really cute. I love that. Um, She's a daddy's girl. I can tell. You can tell. I am. I am. It's a thing. I wish I had Same. daddy issues. You are? Yeah. All right. It's nice to be a daddy's girl because it's like our fathers have ruined us and we have to like date men who treat us really well. Right. Exactly. I feel like it could be worse. It definitely could be. Yeah. That makes me happy. Um, I want to know what you were like as a little girl. So you're – the point of what's your jersey is to find out where you're from, how you got to where you Uh are. And guess what? Spoiler alert. Heather's from LA, guys. I did. I grew up in Beverly Hills and it's like not a very likable thing to tell people. Whatever. (laughs) But I feel like it's not what people imagined it was. And I didn't – 
really know it was cool until I went to NYU and everyone was like, you're from Beverly Hills? Like, growing up, I just thought, like, everyone has a movie made about their hometown. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't get it. Did you love that movie? I like that movie, but it's also – I went to public high school – um, it was at the time like 80% Persian kids. Like as a white kid, I was like actually in the minority. Oh my God. And you know, everyone's always like, did you go to school with like famous parent people's kids? It's like, no, they were all in private schools. Yeah. Like, and it was like any community where it's like, there were always kids richer with bigger houses with fancier cars. Like I didn't feel like I was spoiled or rich. I mean, I'm sure I was spoiled compared to other kids, but there's always like when you're a kid, you just are always looking at what you don't have. It's you know? weird how, how we do that as yeah, kids. Yeah, it's sad. I, I'm still apologizing for like temper tantrums I threw. Really? Yeah, just like the shit you care about. Yeah, I know. Like, come on, calm down, Jacqueline. I know. Jesus. One time I um, broke or like I had a cyst removed from my wrist, and so I couldn't go on this senior or like it wasn't even senior. It was in middle school, like ninth, eighth grade. Uh, trip to Yosemite because of my cast and my dad tried to give me this gift of this beautiful like blue yo-yo that was supposed to help my wrist with its mobility mm-hmm. and so he was like you can't go to Yosemite with everyone that you want but like here's this gift and I remember opening it and being like a fucking yo-yo <laughs> like I was such a little brat I was so pissed but it's also like yeah, I wanted to go on like this fun trip with like the boys I liked. Oh, and yeah. you want to give me like a fucking yo-yo? That's not gonna do it. Like I just lost my shit. And but the nice thing about being a parent is you love your kids so much you don't remember how shitty they are. Like when I apologized to my dad for that, he like didn't remember it. That's good to know. Yeah, and I was like, thanks for blocking that out. <laughs> that I guess you one. love me too. <laughs> Wait, so were you always really funny and just like talking and punchline? I'm the peacekeeper in my family. And so being the baby of the family of two older sisters, I've definitely always like used humor to kind of smooth over like family tension things. And my mom always told me that I should be a comedian. And I was like, no, I'm a serious actress. Um, yeah. But then I went to college and was like, why am I so bad at Shakespeare? Yeah. What was it like for you to go to NYU? Well, NYU was kind of like, I just, it was such an insecure time being like 18 to 22. Like, and I think part of a lot of theater schools is like getting you to realize, you know, nothing so they can like teach you something. Yeah. But then you don't trust yourself as much. Like the only criticism I can make is that they tell you not to have an agent, not to worry about being marketable because they don't want you to leave college to like go start your career. But at the same time, taking that advice, then getting out of school and not knowing how to be marketable was tough. Like you go from just being like, it's all about the art. But so I don't know, it's double-edged sword. Like it was nice to have that time. I I started in Stella Adler and then I moved to the experimental wing where I could be like as weird as I wanted. But Mm -hmm. they don't really have stand-up classes. Like stand-up is something they don't really teach. They don't teach that and they don't teach the business of actually making money and like doing all the work. Yeah. You know, which I think is something that's so necessary just like in school. Or they try to, but it takes – it's like there's some things you just have to learn on the job. Or they had a class and it was like make a resume – email an agent like it was very basic it's like well what do you do when 500 of them say no yeah like <laughs> then someone what? and I think it's a hard thing to teach because one of the beautiful and tough things about the entertainment industries is there's a million way to do it there isn't really one right way to do it yeah it's kind of something you can only learn by doing mm-hmm. but I guess you can always wish you had started doing that stuff earlier or you know thinking more like I guess nobody knew at the time that it was going to become so important to write your own stuff mm-hmm. But I wish I had had a little more experience in that. And I, I found my way into script writing and stuff. But it's like anything. I wish I had started everything earlier. <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, I feel like we all. Yeah. Well, why? I mean, were people like, oh, my God, you're from Beverly Hills. Like, why didn't you just stay in L.A. and like just become like a child TV star? Um, No one really ever said that to me. I mean, I think when you grow up in a city as big as Los Angeles, there are a few places that you can go that are more exciting. So I think it made sense going to New York okay, and also everyone over there is a theater nerd and people look down upon the theater in Los Angeles. So they're like, yes, of course you came here for the theater. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're um, a real actor. Yeah, exactly. And I did like New York. I still try to go back a couple times a year. Yeah. Um, I love it there. And I was auditioning for commercials here, but then I got to be like 12 and I got to the age where I could like fight with my mom about like brushing my hair and mm-hmm. I took time off from it. So were your sisters actors too? My 
my sister was um she did commercials when she was younger, which is how I got into it. But she would just – my mom said she would never have as much luck. Like she would be the one to get a commercial and then it wouldn't air. <laughs> and I would get one and it would like air a bunch. Like it just seemed like things seemed harder. But then I don't know. Like she got a part in a Lifetime movie, which was a bigger credit than any of the stuff I had done. Yeah. Where she played like a child version of someone. Um and then my oldest sister took acting classes, but I don't know that she ever did anything with them. I feel like when you live in Los Angeles for more than 10 years, at some point you have to take like an improv or acting. It's just like – It's like you can't get a driver's a license without passage. it. Yeah. It's like that and getting your car towed. Otherwise, you don't actually live here. Exactly. Yeah. Were both of your parents in the industry or Not totally? at all. What do they do? My mom's a lawyer and my dad worked in different kinds of real estate, um, but they're both – like he was a loan broker and then a property owner and manager, but – and I helped him doing like turnkey apartments for a okay. little while when I was like right out of college and not um, trusting my talent enough to like go for what I really wanted. I was just going kind of like right to my plan B and started taking like real estate classes. I mean, I that's always the response when like things aren't going as yeah. great as I want. Just go be a real estate agent. I'm like, that's insulting to real estate agents. It's true. <laughs> it's not as easy, but it is a thing where you have to be personable, which I think a lot of entertainers end up gravitating towards it yeah um and for me it was like a family business so I had this extra excuse of like I'm the baby of the family none of my sisters are interested in this and I actually studied all the courses and then never took my broker's exam because I had like right when I was about to take it I started booking commercials and like was able to move out and pursue the thing I wanted full time Mm -hmm. and I just feel like you should do what you're great at like I definitely think there are people who would be better real estate agents than me (laughs) You know, I could see you just really not caring. Yeah, I just, and being I think I just enjoy honest. seeing the house. Yeah, I'd yeah. be like, you don't want to live here. You got cats, they're coyotes. Get out of here. <laughs> exactly. You know, take a sandwich. Get out. <laughs> so I want to know when you actually decided to start doing stand up. You're in LA. You're not doing real estate. Well, I couldn't get an agent. I was just another American girl in America. Yeah, but I feel like you're so different. Like you're not really? the typical. I didn't know how to pitch myself then, I guess. Okay. Or I didn't know myself well enough or nobody cared. I don't know what it was. Yeah, that's so or it weird. it was like divine intervention that nothing was happening and it forced me. My friend Milana Vintrube actually has always been just so supportive and encouraging and whatever suggested I take Jerry Katzman's class. Um, and we, cause we'd gone to high school together and she thought I was funny and I, it was just kind of something else to put on my resume. At the time I had just taken UCB, like, you know how you can't really even get seen for a comedy role unless you have UCB on your resume. Yeah, it's like not a thing. So I was just like beefing up my resume with this class. And then I just like really took to it like a fish to water. And it, it also turned me into a writer, which I didn't realize. And then I met my writing partner and we did a feature film. All the yeah. That's so cool. It was fun. What about you? How'd you end up here? This is about you, girl. Oh, shit. (laughs) Do people ever ask you about you on your podcast? Not really. No. So, like, tell them. Don't you think anybody wants to know how you ended up here? It was a bucket list thing. I always loved Chelsea Handler. She went to the same high school as my parents. Wow. And I just, I always felt like, oh, if she could, like a Jersey girl, like she could make it. Like I just really, uh-huh. she blew up when I moved to LA. I'm just going to take a big bite of a meatball. Perfect. That's why you asked me questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I want to eat bitch. <laughs> Talk about yourself for 10 minutes. Um, yeah. And so I had read somewhere that she had taken pretty funny women way back in the day. And I am so grateful for that class because I feel like a lot of my like best friends now I met. I really doing like stand up class. classes. I feel like some hardcore comics have their kind of nose in the air about yeah. like if you take a class. But it's also the thing as like as a woman, you don't want to drive to a sketchy ass open mic for ten years to learn what you could learn in ten weeks in a class of like supportive ladies. And like you I think get a set out of it. Yeah, and you get asked a tape to do set shows. and yeah. Yeah, so I definitely, if you're listening and want to try stand-up, I recommend. Take a class. Take a class. Don't yeah. be scared. Yeah, it's cool. And then they do, like, a lot of industry showcases and alumni shows and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. like, you, I get to work with them. So, yeah, it was a bucket list thing. Randomly, though, I never, ever in a million years thought I would do stand-up at all. And I even worked at the Laugh Factory for two years when I first moved here. Doing what? I was a cocktail server. Like, I, it was crazy. You and Jennifer Aniston, baby. She was a cocktail server there? That's what someone told me recently. I, I feel like everyone has, like, an old folktale about, like, apparently. Jennifer Aniston. She Jennifer. had a lot of, <laughs> she had a lot of odd jobs. It's like, or she just looks like every woman. Yeah, or it wasn't her. Yeah. Um, apparently, J-Lo, at one point, worked there, 
And I think that's how she met the Wayans brothers. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they would like follow her around because she was so hot. Um, Yeah. She worked there. I think Meg Ryan worked there at one point. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was cool just because it was like a breeding ground. Like I got to watch people kind of like test out jokes for months. Right. You know, and meet a ton of comics. So when I started doing comedy, that helped. So yeah. That was a thing. That's cute. Um, I like the thought of you working at the Laugh Factory. Oh God. It was the worst, though, because there's like a ceiling on how much money you can make. Oh, yeah. Like, literally. Well, it's not an end goal, but it's a good starter. Yeah. Well, now it was different when I worked there because I feel like now at the Comedy Store, the Laugh Factory, the Improv, if you work there, like you're trying to be a comic and you get spots. It That's true. It wasn't that way. Uh-huh. Like back in the day. Oh, it's so fucked the way that people get spots at the clubs it's really hard to get past and i feel like the ways in which they decide who gets past seem kind of archaic to be honest but i'm probably just bitter that i'm not past more places i'm shocked you should be past everywhere right yeah i Um, think it's my attitude that reflects that that makes them not want to pass well yeah i never like see you actually like hanging out on the comedy store patio so why is that what you have to do to get booked somewhere that's so fucked i have to go pretend to like talk about the weather with you we've already covered this i know and now that you have a boyfriend which i also sorry fiance I, the F word. I feel like you've manifested. So Heather's comedy is a fucking amazing and oh, she's thank hilarious. You. No, I remember the first time seeing you on stage because everyone can talk about relationships and whatnot, but like you're so refreshing. Like your take on it. It's so nice. Is so I'm just honest. I'm I nice. say through a mouthful of meatballs. <laughs> No, but it's so refreshing. And I feel like for so long you talked about just wanting babies and wanting to get married and you manifested all that shit for yourself. I know. Careful what you wish for. I know, guys. (laughs) I'm not pregnant yet, but like, am I? But are, is why that do these why the meatballs wedding? taste so good? <laughs> I just want to know what gave you the freedom to be so vocal and honest about like wanting to get married, wanting babies. Like, were you ever nervous about talking about that on stage? Um, well, I got to give a lot of it to Jerry Katzman's class, which focuses on finding the truth before the funny, which was a great lesson to learn. But it's like, I think that oftentimes when I'm going to write a good joke, I think, what's the thing I don't want to talk about? What's the thing that feels like a secret? And often those are the things that are more interesting for people to listen to Mm -hmm. and most surprisingly relatable. So it was like, it was cathartic. I mean, when I did the Colbert show, I opened on this joke and it's like, is there anyone else here trying to trap a man? I mean, have a family. And there's this like rippling laugh of relief from women because part of it is that we feel like in order to get a man, we have to pretend we don't want one. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it felt refreshing to be able to say like, well, what if I really do fucking want one? Does that mean I'm not, I can't get one, you know, because we all want things. And also I think that, in order for people to laugh with you, they need to be on your side. They need to see you as an underdog. Sometimes being a pretty young woman, when you get up on stage, you have to say, like, there are things I really want in life that I don't have. And it makes people go like, OK, I identify with her. Whereas if you don't lead with that, people are looking at you like, what's this pretty bitch got to say? Yeah, like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And that's why I think that people used to say, like, pretty women can't be funny. It's because there is a human thing of, you know jealousy or you know comedians traditionally are characters are people that we feel like are the underdog and you can be the underdog even if you're cute you can be a sad sad bitch oh yeah most of us are right <laughs> the skinnier we are the sadder we are is just the truth yeah i'm, I'm supposed to be playing drea de drea de matero's character adriana from the sopranos and a bunch of sketches next month oh nice sopranos con and her she was she sopranos con. so hot of course that's a thing of course it's a thing and i i am having so much anxiety about trying to like make abs happen oh that's and funny i'm so you sad should, it'll be a lot funnier if you contour them on by the way exactly like if you just full on paint them <laughs> i'm just gonna paint the abs but i've also been i've been trying to write a joke about this recently about um do you think men are ever like getting ready for work and being like no i can't can't wear this uh, no one's gonna think I look smart you know like <laughs> I just feel like sometimes when I'm getting dressed for a show I think like is this too sexy and as much as we wish that wasn't a thing I do think there's a truth of like when you're turned on you're not ticklish yeah you know like I just feel like you know in strip clubs nobody is laughing yeah it's like it's just a matter of how much energy you like I don't think pretty women can't be funny but I think that you have to be careful not to be distracting exactly unless your entire bit is about your like, cleavage or whatever exactly. yeah if you're just calling it out and that's your whole set right good for you 
Yeah. But I, I definitely like struggle with that. I, I was talking about this yesterday. I did a show at Gotham and I wore a jacket I had never worn on stage before. Yeah. And literally mid set, I'm like looking at it because it like fell down on my arm and I had to like snap myself out of it because I was like, what the fuck is happening with this jacket? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I like got in my I head. Know. Women have to consider so much more what we look like. It's just a part of our oh, so thing. I mean, and it works to our advantage too. Yeah, no, it totally does. You kind of, with acting though, for me, the, I need a pair of shoes. Like I feel like I'm in the character when I can like feel like grounded mm. in their shoes. Like that wow. means a literal lot Literal shoes. Literal shoes. It's like, so funny. There's an actor's fund for shoes. Have you heard about this? No. Where they'll give you like $40 towards a pair of shoes because it's like the actor needs shoes that or is something. Hilarious. Look it up. Send them a receipt for some shoes you audition in. They'll give you $40. I think they'll do it like once a year. Oh my God. That's amazing. It's really funny. <laughs> um, But you just sound like so New York trained when you say like, I just need the shoes. <laughs> God. I just need the shoes and to journal for two weeks as the character. <laughs> That's all I need. What's the most fun project you've worked on so far? Oh, that's... God, that's a tough question. I feel like I get to have a lot of fun. I know. I loved watching, I was doing research on you, the shaman stuff you did with Jackie Tone. Oh, that was really fun because that was something that we got to write, me and my writing partner, Kaylee, and she got to direct and those kind of things where you pull friends in. Yeah. Um, but I also love featuring for Jeff Garland because he'll take me all over to audiences and clubs that I wouldn't otherwise get to except that he's like bringing me in. Um, and that feels good when someone's like vouching for you and opening for him is interesting because yeah, he gets, like? uh, he gets some people, it's like half Goldberg's people who are a little bit more square yeah, and then half curb your enthusiasm fans who like want the raunchier stuff. Yeah. So you don't really ever know until you start doing your stuff and seeing how they react. And then also when you open for someone famous, sometimes they're really excited about you mm -hmm. because like when Jeff hosts a show and he's like, I really want you to meet my dear friend, Heather, people are more into me. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes if he doesn't give me an intro, there's this vibe of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's Jeff? Yeah. So how do you deal with that. Do you it call becomes it out? a good workout room. Like sometimes I tell a story about Jeff, um, you know, and I to kind of get them on my side or sometimes you just bulldoze ahead or you say something like, don't worry, I'm also very excited for Jeff. Like, you know. Okay. Do you um, call that out right in the beginning of your set or do you do it? No, it's sort of like a just feeling it out thing. Like if they're not laughing, I would be like, I get it. You wish I was Jeff, <laughs> you know. <laughs> totally. And that disarms them. They're like, yeah. okay, he is coming. I also had a lot of fun on New Girl because the scene I did was with all the guys on the show. Mm -hmm. And when I was there, they told me, they're like, they usually don't let us do a lot of scenes together because we all improvise and have too much fun and it becomes like a nightmare to edit. Yeah. So it felt kind of special to be, even though I was like, you know, when you get booked on New Girl, you're like, am I going to be with Zoe Deschanel? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I didn't get to work with her, but it was cool to be, see the chemistry that they all had together. Oh my God. You guys should go to Heather's website. There's clips of you There's on clips of everything. There's everything. Yeah. But it's so refreshing because you're very like subtle. Like your, your whole performance in New Girl is just like super chill and just. I got to say the editors really, I feel like when I watched it back, I was like, oh, they took all my genuine moments. Like they knew. Yeah. You know, were you nervous? Was that like the first big thing? I was done? nervous. Yeah. It was one of, at the time I was repped with Innovative and it was like one of the first thing I'd booked with them and mm. more lines like on the Mindy project. I had a little spot, but I didn't have any lines. And mm -hmm. so I was nervous as shit. Um, How I do definitely would have done nerves? things differently. You, you know? would have? I think so. I mean, I feel better prepared now for nerves and stuff. Um, and also, I think a big part of being a guest star or whatever is letting other people be the funny ones. Like it wasn't my job to be funny on mm -hmm. that thing, even though it's like, well, why are they auditioning comedians? But it's like, you have to learn not to, I think that if there's anything I learned, it's like, try less. Like I wish I had given them more of those genuine moments to choose from. I'm glad they took the ones they did, mm -hmm. but you know what I mean? Like, I think that the instinct when you're a comic or a performer is say the funny thing. And it's like, sometimes when you're in a scene like that where other people are more famous or it's their show, you're there to be supportive and they're there to be the funny ones. Yeah, you're there to move the so story So it's counterintuitive because you have to be funny to get the part, but then when you get the part, you have to be supportive. Um, that's something Jeff Garland has always told me that is something that I feel like applies to just your life is like your work comes out the best when you want to make the other person look good. If your goal is to make the other person look good, you're going to look good. That's true. You know, because That's if you if advice. your goal is to like make yourself look good, that comes through and it's not it's not a good intention and people feel your intentions and 
yeah you're just like white knuckling it and trying yeah. too hard but i think any person who's talented like um there is the thing of like you have good taste and so you're always going to be looking back on what you did on what you could do differently you know do you and your fiance because your fiance is an actor yeah do you give each other notes? Or? We give we give each other notes when we're prepping for stuff or if he's helping with a self-tape. And he's actually a really good director. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's much more versed in voiceover auditions. Like I can't even do a voiceover without him giving me a line reading first. I've become like totally dependent. Um, because, oh, I'm good at the animation ones where you're allowed to have personality, but I'm not good at the normal ones. Like I'll be saying everything like a question. I'm like 0% APR. And he's like, (laughs) no, you got to make it a statement. Like, you know, so I think that we're able to help each other with our strengths, but I definitely think he's more a director than I am. Which is good. You need to have different strengths in the relationship. His, uh, he, he would argue that I'm always trying to make him make something funny and he's like, it's not funny. Or like, oh, he'll be writing an email to someone and I'm like, say this. And he's like, that's cute if you're a girl. Like, you know, (laughs) it has been interesting. I will say, um, for the wedding stuff, because he's an actor and I'm a comic and our parents gave us some money, but we don't have like a huge budget and trying to get things on a budget. He feels like he can't negotiate as well as I do because he feels like when he tries to negotiate a price, people are like, dude, just pay for your wedding. But when I try to negotiate a price, it's like people want to help me more Yeah, because I'm like a woman. It's interesting. But it's also like you have a very cool quality where you can say like kind of fucked up things with like a smile on your face True. and like seem genuine and like sweet. And people are like, wait, what did she say? Right. You know? So I feel like, yeah, yes, you would be I really do that. that. I've been accused of clearing my own air, <laughs> which I think is a good way to call it. But it's funny because he'll get drunk and try to do it. And I'm like, it's only charming when I do it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. But we'll have to come back and bring him and we can plug the podcast we do and. Oh, yeah, tell us about the podcast that you guys well, do. Well, I don't want to yet because it's not out. It's but not out. But stay okay. tuned. I can't give it away yet because it's like yet? A, it's a good name. I can't give it away yet. Okay. All right. Well, guys, it's I will. Secrets are fun. Just like the first 10 minutes of this episode when no one knew who I was. Exactly. I've been Kim K. Go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, how are you writing new material now? Because- I'm actually taking a tiny hiatus just with wedding planning. Okay. Um, and I also think it's a skill, necessary skill to go back to your old material and sharpen it up and rework it. Because okay. so often we write something and then we like forget we wrote it. Yes. And then I'm like, do I only have 20 minutes of material? It's like, no, I have three hours of material I'm not going through. And sometimes I think it's harder to rework old material than write new material. Mm-hmm. New material is so easy. It's what you're excited about. Yeah. You know, um, so I'm trying to force myself to look back at some old things and brush them up and dust them off. And that's awesome. Yeah. Um, where can we see you next? Or are you just taking a break right now? Um, no, I'm doing stand up all the time. Um, you can come see me doing my old jokes like they're new jokes, <laughs> but they do feel new because they'll be like three years old. Um, I've started doing that. Right. I'm like, oh, and these- you have new takes on them. I mean, they are somewhat new because of like where you're at. Mm-hmm. But um, my monthly show at the Virgil is probably my most consistent. We're called Fat Cat Comedy um, or check them out. My website, heatherpasternak.com. You can see my show schedule. Oh Find gosh. me on Instagram at hello Pasternak. Wow. Um, well, you've made it to the Lady Gaga reading we do at the end of the podcast. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. This is a thing. So finally, Lady Gaga retweeted a parody that Gabby Conti and I did. And, of course you did. You know, um, now she's goals guest for the podcast. So oh. everyone gets to do a reading, okay. an interpretive reading. I picked the song, Terrifying. The Cure for You. Okay. Because I feel like <laughs> it's all about everything that you would talk about in your standup. I don't know if you're talking about this stuff now. Yes. But it's like an angle of just like wanting to be in love, wanting to okay. do all the things. So I'm going to let I, you look I at that. I don't know this song. Do but I just talk it? What yeah, you do? can talk it. You can do, I'll give you a minute to look at it um you can do your best like jersey girl impersonation or you could do your best valley girl because you're well you're not from the valley (laughs) um your best la okay you just look at it and i'm gonna pimp out shows that i have coming up guys you need to please come to the nj pack theater this weekend um i will be there Mike Marino's headlining, and we have two shows, 7 and 9.30 p.m. It's going to be amazing. Again, it's the New Jersey Performing Arts Center, and all the info is on my website and social media. And then in November, oh, and if you're in Los Angeles, October 16th, that's Fuck, Mary Kill show at the Belmont. Heather, we have to get you on that. Get me on there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then in November, 
the 23rd and 24th Sopranos Con. You should come to that. Oh, one that too. sounds exciting. Comedy. It's very. Oh, and I forgot to say, Fat Cat Comedy next one's October 22nd. Perfect. Come tell me what couples costume I should do. <laughs> I need ideas. Help. Please write us in at what's your jersey podcast at gmail.com. We need help. <laughs> and now The Cure by Heather. I'll undress you because you're tired. Cover you as you desire. When you fall asleep inside my arms, I feel like I sound like the coach from Big Mouth. <laughs> May not have the fancy things, but I'll give you everything you could ever want, girl. It's in my arms. What does that even mean? So baby, tell me. And I will give you everything. So baby, tell me yes. I don't know if I can really do this. You have to do the whole thing. If I can't find the cure, I'll fix you with my love. Sounds healthy. Right? <laughs> this totally sounds like my stand-up. No matter what you know, I'll fix you with my love. Um, I'm just going to skip to the end here. Do There's it. a lot of redundant stuff here. Promise I'll be the cure. Be the cure in parentheses. Promise I'll be the cure. <laughs> Lady Gaga's taking a lot on herself. <laughs> I'll fix you with my love. These are things I'm going to whisper into my fiance's ear tonight. I'm basically, just trying to write your wedding speech. Yeah, I think I just did my vows. I think you're welcome. <laughs> I'll fix you, you disgusting piece of shit, with my vows. <laughs> That was brilliant. My face hurts from laughing. That was fun. Yes, you can. I apologize, it. Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> we're sorry, but yeah. we're not. We love you. Thank Stephanie you for having Germanata. me on this shizzo. Yes. No, anytime. Let me know. It was saucy. Come back. It was very saucy. It was so saucy. We'll be back. Keeping it saucy with Heather <laughs> Pasternak. Thank you so much for being here. Meatballs, thank you for listening, rating, reviewing. Remember, subscribe, and please share with your friends because that's the best way to find out about podcasts. You're the best. And yeah, I hope you guys have a great weekend this is what's your jersey podcast i'm jacqueline marfuji and i'll catch you on the flip side go girl <laughs> just put your paws up because you were born this way baby my mama told me when i was young we're all on superstars